Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward, and God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience, and just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that, follow the instructions, and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry, and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. Open your Bibles with me. You can stay seated this morning. Amen. Yeah, open your Bibles on 1 Corinthians chapter 3. How many's ready for the word this morning? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to continue what I was talking about last week about eternity matters. Eternity matters and how that affects our life. And the leadership of River of Life, we were able to go, some of us uh, were able to attend a, a five-hour synergy on Thursday, which synergy means shadowing. And so for five hours... Us with another about 600 or so pastors met at Brightmore, one of our awesome churches in Novi. Humongous. They just finished their building. It's like walking into Ikea. I mean, come on. It's like, wow. So blessed to see that the church is doing that. And um, I, lo- I love that. And Anyway, we were able to sit for five hours to listen to three living superintendents of the Assemblies of God. It's a historic thing. They live streamed it. It was a pretty big deal to hear Pastor Trask. Dr. Wood and our new general superintendent, who I've never heard, uh, Brother Doug, um, Doug Clay, thank you. They called him Duggard when he was a little kid, uh, which was an awesome. So some of the things that he talked about, I'm going to actually bring because it's right into my message today. And I'm going to be able to share it with you a little bit. And they sat and they asked, quite, answered questions. It was just an amazing uh, opportunity to hear uh, these three great men of God, what they've experienced and through the generations and how the church has changed, how the culture has changed and how to live for Christ, how to lead your ministry and all. The, it was just amazing. It was a good thing. It's available online, ag.org. You can go to it and watch the sessions. It was really, really great. For five hours, we sat there and did that. And so I'll bring some of that into what I'm talking about here today. So First Corinthians, we're going to get to First Corinthians in just a minute. Um, but I want us to just get, kind of get right into this today. Last week, we talked about how eternity is a destination and how everyone chooses their own destination. Amen? Everyone chooses your own destination. It's, it's not God putting anybody in heaven or hell or anything. It's you and I. We choose that. But we also talked about, and I left off last week with telling you that eternity is also a motivation. It's also for the believer, it's our motivation. It motivates us to, in every area of our life, and how we live, and how we serve, how we raise our kids, how we work our jobs, and that's what eternity is meant to do. So heaven is something that we need to have to look forward to. How many know it's important to have something to look forward to? Uh, Psychologists and biologists will actually tell you that when a person, when we don't have anything to look forward to, 
it's detrimental to our soul and to our emotions. Many people experience depression because of the simple fact they have nothing to look forward to. That's called hope, by the way. It's important that you have something to look forward to. Let me tell you, and we all have something to look forward to. It's a place called heaven. Amen. It's heaven. It's our eternity. And I talked a lot about it last week, and I shared some stories. In the 1130 service, man, it just really went in toward the end there. We just had a really awesome thing. I, I began to share some more stories of how our family has experienced death. And, and uh, So listen to that podcast, 930 group, if you weren't. Uh, some of you were not there at the 1130. Listen to that podcast, especially the end there, and minister to you. That's one of those messages that you're probably going to hear over and over again to remind us that eternity matters. But it's important that we have something to look forward to. Amen? Either not only heaven, but a vacation, a day off. I'm looking forward to the Lions beating Dallas today. I'm looking forward to that. Amen? I can say that. I might even go back and watch the New England game because uh, when my faith struggles, I got it on DVR. You got to have... Because faith in the Lions comes by watching them win and win and win and win. And amen. And so, but I'm going to look forward. I look forward to my afternoon Sunday after services where the family sits back and we, that's our Sabbath. And we relax and, and be with families and go down and maybe watch a movie or something. And, and we just enjoy that. We enjoy time off. I'm looking forward to ETS tomorrow night. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kennedy. That's good. I'm going I'm to get right into it. Amen. And didn't she do an awesome job? Amen. They never know how I'm going to go. Awesome. You never know how I'm going to go either, but uh, uh, so they're ready for it. But I'm looking forward to ETS tomorrow night. And if you haven't signed up, don't worry. We're going to offer it again next year. Our goal is to offer three levels of this, three semesters. ETS 2 will be available next year, and we want to continue to mentor and, and raise up leadership. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Growth Track next Sunday night. I'm looking forward to all kinds of things, but we need to have something to look forward to. And that's where we're going to get into my message today where the Bible teaches us that everything we do should be because our hearts and attitude and our motives are right because one day we are going to stand before God and we want to receive a reward for all the work and all the giving and all the things that we've done for the Lord. Amen? So I want to leave you with this. I want to start with this powerful statement. A lot of things I want you to write down today. More of a teaching today than, than preaching. But I want you to understand this, that your belief determines where you spend eternity. Your behavior determines how you spend eternity. I want, there's a lot of theology that's wrapped into that. I just want you to get a hold of that. Salvation is all, is all about where you're going to go in heaven. That's done when your faith is in Christ. It's Jesus and nothing else. It's your faith in Jesus, and you exchange our, our sin for his righteousness. We're saved. That's a done deal. Tell your neighbor it's a done deal. However, from that moment forward as believers, everything we do, and Jesus said even every idle word we speak, we will give an account for it when we stand before God. That got quiet. I was feeling good about looking forward to something, Pastor Eddie. Amen. I want you to see that. And there's so much scripture in the Bible that backs this up. The parable of the good talents. I mean, just so much, so much. So I'm going to give you two. And Paul talked about this uh, particular judgment in two different places. So you, we got to follow it. It's a little harder to follow. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. There are two judgments that every single human being on planet Earth will arrive at one of them. 
the great white throne judgment, which is Revelation chapter 20. That's for those who rejected Jesus, who said, I don't need you, Jesus. I'm going to do my own thing. It's just me. I'm not ready to serve you. And they die and they stand before God. They're going to go to the great white throne judgment. I'm not going to that one. I don't go to that one. You got time. If you're living, you got a choose. Please choose Jesus today. I don't want to go to that. But there's another judgment that's called the Bema or the, the judgment seat of Christ where all of us believers will also stand and give an account for the things we've done, whether good or bad. Now, we're not going to lose and go to hell. That's not a salvation issue because that's already dealt with. But here's where we receive our rewards for the hard work of the serving of, the, of our, our stewardship of our time, talent, and treasure. We're going to give an account for that. And the first time uh, the apostle mentions this, it's in 2 Corinthians. Before we go to 1 Corinthians, this is what he says. He says, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim. He's motivated by the fact he's going to stand before God, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to him. Whether present or absent. That's good. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But no matter if I'm in church or out of church, I make sure I live the life. I will go to that in a minute. Amen. Because you are just responding so well. I got to keep going on that. Amen. We are confident. Okay. Next slide. For we must all, what does all mean? Everybody. Appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he or she has done. And on this part, whether good or bad. You see that? Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. Terror means sobering alarm. No, this is an alarming fact. Therefore, it motivates me to persuade men, to beg men, like a car salesman tries to persuade you. You ever go to a car lot or art van, and you're just looking, and you look, and you watch them. Here they come, right? Amen. They're trained persuaders. Amen. We'll do what Melinda and I have learned to do, and I've learned to tell them. We're just looking today. We're not buying anything today. And this is what they go, yeah, I've heard that before. You know, and they keep, why? Because they are going to try their best to do their job and persuade you. Same concept, Paul the Apostle here says, because of the sobering fact that we're all going to stand before God, I'm motivated to persuade men. But we are well known to God, and I also trust well known in your own conscience. That's Paul. Yeah, I, I, you know, I believe I'm preaching to the choir today. I think we're all on the same page. That's what he's saying there today. But in what is the judgment seat of Christ? He writes about it again under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He received visions and details that no other human being on planet Earth ever received. And for it, he received the thorn in the side. Remember all of that? I mean, this is what the revelation that this great apostle had 2,000 years ago. And he writes it in his third letter, which we have 2 Corinthians ETS students will learn what that means, but here in 1 Corinthians, which is really his second letter, but here he describes what the judgment seat of Christ is going to look like. So I want you to go, this is where I had you to go with me today. In verse 10, let's read it together. I'm reading out of the New King James. It says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation that no other person can build on it, but let each one take heed how he builds. Let each one take heed how you build your life. 
you just come into the church world and you're new to this whole thing, well, it's welcome to the body of Christ. I am so happy that you said yes to Jesus. But let me tell you that from this day forward, not to be fall into legalism and religion, but I want you to be aware that it's not now goosey living, gracey living, that we can just do anything and say anything and treat anybody the way we can because we got liberty in Christ. No, 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 no. We've got to make sure this is sober. We're going to give an account how we treat one another. We're going to give an account how we speak to one another, how we judge one another. So be, be careful how you build your future life. Boy, this is good preaching today, Pastor Eddie. Amen. Thank you. Verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, there's not another person, another way to heaven. There's a foundation. We're all, we're all on, say amen, or I'm going to preach an hour on that. Okay, amen. We all know that. That's good. In verse 12, but here he goes. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, or straw, these are six building materials, three good, three bad. Each one's work will become clear for the day, capitalized D, because that's the day we stand before God, that day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Is it gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw? If anyone's work is burned, let's see, if anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so through fire. That's the rules of the game. That's the rules of the game. He just laid it out. This is what we're going. We're going to live this life. We're going to play this game called life. It's living the life. Here's the rules. Everyone's going to live. Everyone's, there are six building materials. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. These are six building materials that he uses as an analogy of how we're going to live our life from this day forward. How we're going to live. And then we're going to stand before God and somehow he's going to test these things by fire. So what does fire do to gold, silver, or precious stones? purifies it, makes it, it enhances it, makes it even stronger. It, it, take, it filters out the impurities, right, in the gold. It, it just impure, and the gold comes to the top, and that is what you have, and that's the reward that you and I are going to receive. What does fire do to wood, hay, and stubble? Wood, hay, or stubble? These are actually what he's talking about here. He's talking about our motives our, our attitudes, our intentions of what we do. It's why we do what we do. Hear me, church. This is a very volunteering, serving, healthy church. So I, I'm just being Dr. Eddie today. I'm just coming to tell you how you, we need to continue that. We don't just look good on the outside, but we're healthy on the inside. Come on, somebody. You get over 40, you learn that it's not all about looks. There's things called cholesterol and LDL and HDL and oh that's not a new soundtrack that's not a new toy those are chemicals in our bodies and and, and my doctor says you can look don't be one of those guys that look good on the outside but are not looking good on the inside that's what this whole scripture and this whole teaching is here today is that we need to learn that we're going to be judged for the things that we did. And it's going to be on our motives, on, on why we serve and why, why we volunteer and why we handed out flyers and why we do what we do. When I was uh, coming up through the fast food industry, 
McDonald's, Taco Bell, Subway, worked at them all. McDonald's is still, I'll say it, the hardest job I've ever had in my life. It, they work you like a, it's just bad in there. It's hard. I mean, you crack the whip. It's hard. And I remember one time I worked for almost my entire shift and never punched in. Have you ever had that happen? I did not punch in. And it just dawned on me. I was like, oh, my gosh. I did not punch in. And I ran over and I grabbed my, I just left everything frying. Shh, I got to get paid. And I went and got my, my ticket and I ran into the manager's office and I was like, hey, uh, uh, I, I forgot to punch in. He said, well, how does that feel to need something? You know, my, aunt's, my aunt was my boss, okay, so yeah. So she's like, well, how does that feel, Eddie? You never listen anyway. And blah, 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 and then something, 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 I kind of dozed off. And then, um, so all, all, I, all I remember hearing is, you're not going to get paid because you didn't punch in. And then I came back to reality. I said, what? What'd you say? What'd you talk about, Willis? <laughs> no, man, I said that. What'd you say? And then she said, actually, she cut me a break, but she says, you got to understand, Eddie, in the workforce, it don't matter how hard you work, you got to be responsible for the simple little uh, actions that you are responsible for. You need to punch in every, no one's going to punch in, and no one's allowed to punch in for you. You are responsible for your time clock. That is your responsibility. And I was like, I got it, I got it. Can I tell you that today, it's the same way serving the Lord. There are many, many, many people that are doing a lot of things in the name of good works and in the name of Jesus, but God is saying, hey, did you punch in? Do you have the right attitude? Do you have the right motives? Are you doing it for me? Are you doing it for the kingdom? Are you doing it because you're going to stand before God? Did you punch in? Punch in. Tell your neighbor, punch in. Make sure you punch in. You got to make sure you punch in. So how is your IRA? Do you have an IRA? Let me ask you about your ERA. Your eternal retirement account. Come on. I worked on That was good. I worked 20 minutes on that one. I had to look up IRA to make sure I knew what it was. Yeah, individual, you may have 401ks or whatever it is. But seriously, we are going to have an ERA. And I can't put in your IRA and you can't put into mine. And same way with our heavenly account. My good works and all that I've done is not going to matter at all for you. Even as you say, you can't say, well, I went to the same church and they all, there was a lot of volunteers and they all did a lot. And, and, but you're going to be judged on whatever you did, however little or however many. And if you didn't do nothing, please do something. Because you're going to be that guy up in heaven that we go by and it's, oh, yeah, that's, that's who's that guy? I don't know. He's kind of living on the streets. No, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play. But there is actually teachings that Jesus taught that there are going to be different levels of responsibilities and different uh, levels of rewards that will be handed out. There's a soul winning crown just for those that win souls. If you've ever won a soul to the Lord, you will be one of those ones like me, and I'm bragging on it. I'm going to have, I want my crown to big you. I want them to have to bring a high-low out to get my crown out of the back of the warehouse and set it up so I can throw it at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, this is why I've done everything that I've done. This is why I hollered. This is why I screamed. This is why I preached. This is why we did two services. This is why we volunteer. This is why we go to Detroit. We go to Belleville. We go to Ecorse. We go to wherever you send me, God. Why? Because I'm punching in. Punching in. I'm a pastor. I'm going to be held accountable for preaching and teaching. And you, not everyone's a pastor. 
You're going to be responsible if you're a parent, number one, of how you raise your kids. And and your your responsibility as being a a stay-at-home mom or a working mom is just as important as I'm standing up here preaching to you as you are to your kids. No matter what culture says, right, ladies? The culture tries to put you down if you want to stay home and be a stay-at-home mom. It's awesome to stay at home and be at home and be a mom if you can. But if your financial situation don't allow you to and you have to work, you get thrown under the bus for that, ain't it, women? So which is it, right? I know you can't win today. But listen, if you do what you do, whatever it is that you do, if you do it with a pure heart unto God, he's going to reward you and bless you for it, period. Period. It doesn't matter what society and culture says. It's your heart and your motives and your attitude to God is what matters. Everything we've done for the Lord, I know I'm going to stand before God on that. You know, it's going to be tested. My motives, that I do that I do things just to be seen, that I pursue my... I remember praying about my career. People were prophesying, you're going to be this, you're going to be that, and that's awesome. But when I begin to go down that road of getting my Bible college and all of that, I, 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 it's a life of adjustments. I'm going to get into that here in just a minute. But still to this day, when I preach, I want to make sure that I'm sharing the Word of God. Whatever it is that I do, I'm doing it with a pure motive. Some of the stuff that is going to be burnt, none of us are perfect. I'm going to get burnt. I'll admit it. How many think you're going to get burnt a little bit in heaven? Some of you are going to get burnt right now for lying in church in Jesus' name. The Apostle Paul said some of the things. Him, that little squabble that Peter got into over that, that little issue about eating with Jewish people, he stood before God. He's going to stand before God on that day. That, that, that's something that we're all going to suffer loss. And I want a little bit. I just I don't want to lose uh, my rewards. But the one, by the way, where he says you're escaped as though through fire, the analogy that is used here by the, the scholars, they say it's like a man escaping a burning house where he lost his entire fortune and all of his belongings, but yet he himself survived. That's the concept of this judgment day. That's the sobering reality that Paul is saying. Therefore, the terror of the Lord. I mean, every dollar I put in. I want to make sure it's done from a pure motives. And when we give, Jesus said, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand gave. In other words, don't be like the Pharisees who get up in front of everybody and go, I'm writing this check for the church, amen, and let everybody see what it is. Thank you, but you've got your reward just now. That's how that works. That's how people have, so, and... So we need to be disgraceful, and those Pentecostal handshakes are awesome. Walk up to somebody and just, you know, a Pentecostal handshake is when you put a, a 10 or a 20, if you're real Pentecostal, 50. Come on, somebody. And God puts somebody in your heart. you got to speak to your heart and be like, hey, man, go over and bless that man. I'll tell you, I've, we've gotten those. And some of the, I could tell you stories and stories of how we've had to get our truck fixed one time. It was $400 to get our, our truck fixed, this little door for our air condition in the unit. It was 400 some dollars. We did not have that money. And we gave faithful in our tithes, faithful in, in our giving, but we didn't have that money for it. And I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you on this. Probably serving God five, six years. And I remember tr- in that same offering, that same Sunday, Uh, after church, someone came up to us and said, the Lord put it on my heart that I'm going to bless you guys and just blessed us. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. 20, 50 or whatever, opened it up. It was a $500 check. (laughs) 
Now, you mean that's just a coincidence? That's just, no, no, no. That was God rewarding our pure motives, and it was a test to put him first. I could go all day. How many seen that in your own life? Look at the hands. It works. It's real. And it builds your faith when that happens. When we come out of that church, like, come on, devil, come on out. I'm ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I'm ready to go. God is so real. Hallelujah. I mean, that's how you feel when you get a prayer answered. Well, that's how it feels when you trust God with these situations. Okay, so how do you live a life of gold, silver, and precious stones? How many want to live a life that will impact eternity? I want to live a life that will impact eternity. I, I love having, you know, we got things in our life that we look forward to, vacations and all that, like I said, man, man, but I can't wait and I'm going to stand before God. There's songs written about that day when we stand before God. So what we do right now, our behavior will de- determine our eternity. I mean, that's, that's so serious. Here are some of the things that they shared at the conference. And I said, man, this is exactly what I'm preaching on Sunday. And Pastor, our brother Doug Clay, he likes to be called Doug, our general superintendent. Doug Clay, he used Second Peter, and this is where I want you to see this. Peter tells us how to live this life, and he says, "Make for this reason that we're going to stand before God one day, make every effort. Everyone say, make every effort. Make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, knowledge, to self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. For if you possess these qualities... If you possess these qualities and they increase in your life, they will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord. I love this first chapter. I could preach this right now for four hours. It's, I love it. It's so powerful. Take every one of those seven things and add to your faith. But notice he says you need to be, you are responsible to add to your faith. I'm up here preaching, and we preach, and we teach, but it's our responsibility, me too, when I read it, is to apply it to my life. So this isn't in your notes, but this, I thought of this last night before we got, I sent it over to the media, and they got the PowerPoints and all that, but number one would be make every effort to keep growing. That's not, that's not the first point, but th- I want you to know that. That's, that's what Peter is saying here. Make every effort to keep growing. Keep growing in your faith. Are you still hungry for God as you were 20 years ago, 5 years ago, or however long it was you've been serving? Are you still in your word? Please don't, don't become lethargic. If, if it's so, it's because you're not adding one of these seven things, I'm telling you. But Peter says, hey, you've got to add to your faith. Add to your faith. Add to your faith. It's like you go working out in the gym. Once you start working out, the first day you're sore, you can't move because it's hard. After a while, you got to start adding some weights on there, right? Amen. There's, there's Tamang, right? You got to start adding, adding weights to it. Why? Because you're building more muscles. It's spiritually the same way. Proverbs is great. I still read Proverbs, but let's move over to, to the epistles, Ephesians. I love you for coming on Sunday, but come Wednesday night. We get into the Word. Get into a life group. Get into one of these groups, man. It's awesome to see how people are connecting in, in all of these groups. And it's just a, the mom connect, another. It's just amazing. So many opportunities to just jump in the river. Jump in there and say, hey, I want to I connect. I want to grow. One of the ways that we will grow is through relationships. I'm going to talk all month, next month, on relationships. I'm going to use King David, how to build healthy relationships, how to get rid of those toxic relationships, how to unhook your trailer from those relationships that God is removing from your life. We may bring a coffin in on that Sunday, because that's the one before Halloween, to, t- t- to get the point across. How many okay if I bring a coffin up in here? Amen. He did it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Somebody going to be in it? Amen. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss October. Come on, somebody. 
I got to do what I do to, to, get, to persuade you. I want to persuade you that this thing is real. That God, because you're going to go out there in a minute. You're going to get busy. Life's going to happen. Text messages on the Lions game, whatever, or shopping, or eating lunch, and then Monday, and then Tuesday, and you're going to lose what I'm telling you right here. So I'm trying my best. Right, Grandma? She's with me. I got to try to help people. I want to persuade you, man, to take, don't take this for granted. Everything we do, we're going to stand for God. But number one is this, then make every effort to live a life of integrity. How do I live a life that I know when I stand before God, I'm going to get gold, silver, and precious? It's going to be a life like that. Then it's a lifelong journey of making sure you're living a life. Make for yourself a life of integrity. Paul said it this way in Acts. He says, and I, I have the same hope. There's hope. He's looking forward to something. That there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. So... I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. You see that? He's saying in front of King Festus, the king of Rome, he says to him in chains. And uh, he's saying, hey, listen, I haven't done anything wrong. In fact, I've learned to live my life because I'm going to stand before God one day. I strive to make sure my conscience is clean and clear before God and man. That word strive is the Greek word gymnos. It's where we get the English word gymnasium. And gymnasium is a building where a lot of activities take place. So Paul said, there's a whole lot of activities that I have to do and I have to learn. It's the little things that work, punching in on time. And it's this thing telling the boss that it was me that did that or it wasn't me. It was, it was the little things showing up on time. It was the little things that I did. I strive to make sure my conscience is clear before God and man. By the way, moms and dads, this is the best thing you and I can give our kids is integrity, not in, an inheritance. The best thing we can give our kids is not an inheritance, but integrity. An inheritance is about what you leave to them. Integrity is what you leave in them. Proverbs 20, verse 7. It's not up there, but I'll tell you. It says, as a righteous man walks in his integrity, so his children will be blessed who come after him. I'm blessed to have my mom and dad who have lived their life and lived as having integrity. And what if you fail? What if you mess up? A man or a woman of integrity gets back up. I said a man and a woman of integrity gets back up. You need to learn to get right back up. I'm, I'm going to be known for this thing, this, this fall. I'm not going to be known for this. I'm going to show you how to get back up. I'm going to show you how to finish strong. I'm going to show you how to live for the Lord. I'm going to show you how it is done. Amen. Hallelujah. These are motives, and it simply means that you act the same at church as everywhere else. Just as you, this is me. I'm just as crazy here and real and down as I'm watching football. And when they lose, and they, and they lose a lot, I think it's a testing of the faith to be a sports fan sometimes. But my kids have never heard me call them every name of the book. It's, it's come here, but it ain't come out here. I'm just telling you, I'm human. But it's, it's integrity. I go in the back bedroom, and I just go, oh, I cry. This is the whole game. Can I tell you what a whole game looks like at my house? This is every Lions fan, first quarter. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Woo, Lions going to get this. Second quarter. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, they're a good team too. Third quarter, we can come back. We can come back. We got a whole quarter to play. That's what I'm talking about. Fourth quarter, God, why? Why do I even watch this stupid game? The struggle's real. Help me, Jesus. Number two, this is, got to keep going. I'll be there all day. Number two, to live a life of integrity, guys. Number two, this is so good, so deep. Listen, make every effort to forgive those who hurt you. Paul said in Ephesians, he says, pursue peace with all people. Someone say all people. All people. It's not just a little part of our core values. It is what we live and practice here. It will always be. Church is not going to be for everybody. It's for everybody, but not everybody's going to like it because of this right here. And I've had little comments, and I've took little pop shots, and I've listened to things like that, and I said, okay, it's good. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe you need to move on. Maybe you like a church where everyone looks the same, dresses the same, talks the same, thinks the same. I don't like that, and I don't think God likes that. I think that's why God made the beauty of all the diversity in, in that we see in the church today, because he's done it in nature. He's done it in his creation. God's a very colorful and diverse God. And it should reflect, a church should reflect its community. Now, if you live in a church and it's predominantly one ethnicity, amen, go for it. But a belt, whatever community you're in, it should reflect the community that you're in. Forgive people. He says, pursue peace with all people and holiness, which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by this, many become defiled. The bitterness. Bitterness. What is bitterness? That's drinking poison a little bit every day and wishing the other person will die. I don't got time to, to stay on this point because I want to get to number three. That's the, that's the one I want to spend time on. Let me tell you this. It's hard, Pastor, ready to forgive. I know it's hard to forgive. You kidding me? But you know what's harder is living with unforgiveness. Uh, Duggard, our general superintendent, was 10 years old when he lost his dad. And he said, he, you know what, he was okay because he had so many mentors and father, godly father figures. He had Royal Ranger commanders that he said he had that came right alongside of him. He said he had men in the church that come alongside of him. His pastor came alongside of him, and he was okay. But he'll never forget one dinner after Sunday night service, he went out with the pastor because he played with his nephew. He was 10 years old. They brought in an evangelist who was supposed to be this hot shot evangelist. And the evangelist is sitting with the pastor, and with the pastor and Doug is over there playing and he hears the evangelist say, you know why Mr. Doug and Mr. Uh, Duggan's dad, Doug Clay, Mr. Clay died? It was because he either had sin in his life or his, his wife didn't have enough faith. And little Duggard said he just turned his head. Can you imagine 10 years old? And Pastor William Leach was his pastor at the time. Notice what was happening, quickly navigated the conversation another way, shut it down and went home. And as they were going home, Brother Lee said, hey, Duggar, why don't you ride home with me today? Got in that truck, he put down the armrest, put his 10-year-old self up on that armrest, 
And for 30 minutes, he said on the way home, his pastor just began to say, don't you listen to one word of what you heard that man say. Your dad was a man of integrity. Your dad was a man of character. That is not what took your man out. And you're going to be just fine. You've got to learn to let, let those words go deep down into your heart and attach themselves to you. You need to know that God loves you. He has a plan for your life. And he said at that moment at 10 years old, he learned a valuable principle. That you can't allow a root of bitterness to attach you. I don't care how horrible the situation was. Don't let it attach itself to you because it will defile you and stop you. I thank God that he was able to get free and he's now our general superintendent of these something. What would have happened if he would have turned his back on the church and God and Pat? Couldn't believe that. Here's a principle that I was told in ministry, but I believe it applies to everybody. you got to learn to de- develop tough skin, but keep a soft heart. Please get that today, because people's going to hurt you. Sheep have teeth. <laughs> Pastor, amen. Number three, that's what I wanted to close with this one. Make every effort to build up and not destroy. They they preached, oh man, I was going to preach, pastors preach. These guys were talking about promoting unity. Hebrews 10 says, let us consider how to stir up one another, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encourage one another as more as is called daily. Pastor Eddie, I don't have to go to church to be a believer. Is there a a scripture in the Bible that says I got to go to church? Yep, right here. That's not what it says. Uh, I kind of think it does. Do not forsake yourselves to gather. I'm spiritual enough to make it. No, you are not. Jesus would not have built it. He said, I'm going to build my church for the strong. Or no, no, for the weak. Because the strong ain't going to need the church. No, 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 no. I don't have time to go on that. I want to get into this right here. But I, I noticed that when a bad spirit, when we want to tear people down, it's so much connected to how involved a person is in their church. I've I've noticed that there is a very striking similarity that as we neglect the house of God, our attitude seems to also go with it. Have you ever noticed that? It's never a healthy uh, person spiritually following the Lord that will tear people down. Those are usually people that are demonstrating the love of God. So I'm going to give you some quick ones. And he went on and he said simply, real quick, avoid labeling. This is a good way. Avoid labeling people. Every human being deserves to hear the gospel. Avoid labeling. They asked a question about the, the politicians. How do you have, because uh, the Assemblies of God is so huge now, it's the largest fellowship on uh, Pentecostal denomination on earth. 90% of the Assemblies of God is, are overseas. This is um, blows your mind. We have, there are 10 times more churches in the world, Assemblies of God churches, than there are McDonald's. But we're not the only church here. I love that we have the Church of Christ, the Church of God that partners with us in all these great endeavors for the kingdom of God. And you don't have to be in the Assembly of God to go to heaven. I mean, they made that clear, but it's pretty cool what God has done with just a few people from, from Hot Springs and, and what he's done. In the, in the, but he talked about, he said, how do you pastor a church when you have uh, conservatives and liberals under your tent? And I love how they answered it. They said, number one, I don't like, Brad said this. He said, I don't like, I don't like the term conservative or liberals. I don't like those terms because they're di- di- divisive in their own, in their selves. 
And he said, I, I don't care what kind of cat it is as long as it catches mice. And then he, and George Wood, Dr. George Wood spoke up and he says, you know, a long time ago we had a debate and we didn't get along with some brothers and sisters. And I love what my pastor said. He said to the church, hey, that one we're going to have to take up when we meet the Lord in the air. In other words, we're not going to always agree on everything. Some things we just got to give to God and say, he's going to tell us which one was right. Right wing, left wing, it takes two wings to fly the plane, don't it, amen? So it's not about being political, and that's where I'm going with this. You need to write this down. It's easier to be political than it is biblical. Oh, I'm running out of time, but this is so good. It's the best part. Stay for 1130, because this is where I'm going to start off, amen, no. (laughs) It's easier to label someone than try to understand why they might feel the way that they do. It's easy to say on something on Facebook, no, 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 our leader says, why do you feel that way? It's easier to write them off. It's easier to label them. It's easier to do that. It's easier not to listen to what they're saying until we see if there's an R or a D in front of their name. You ever do that? It's like, oh, they're saying something good, but I bet you it's, and they're they're from the other party. (gasps) And I love, I don't have the quote, but they said, some famous pastor said that no political party is 100% accurate with the biblical view. Drop Mike and go home. And I was going, preach, Pastor Nick. I preach this every Sunday. This is what I do. This is what we do. I love it that we got leaders that are not for anything but for the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about. Well, what about electing? Let me write this down. Who we elect does matter, but who we influence for Christ matters much more. Don't it? Don't it matter more? George Wood said his mama had one saying that shaped his life, and it was this. Is it going to matter 100 years from now? Everything he did, is it going to matter 100 years from now? Is it really going to matter 100 years from now when we stand before God, he's going to ask us who you elected and who you voted for? Are you going to be a line for Democrats, line for Republicans, and those that feel the burn are going to be over here. Amen. <laughs> I'm with Bernie. Amen. <laughs> I make fun of it all because I don't care. I fly the flag of the Lamb of Jesus Christ, man, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. I mean, I am love Jesus. It's all about that. Hey, vote. Vote according to your conscience. Vote according to the Word of God, the best that you can find, because no one's going to be absent. We're not voting in a pastor. It's not in a pastor. It's a president, man, and it's, it's messed up. Politics can mess you up. People will, will fight you over it, too, boy. They'll shank you. Be loving you. I love, you're a what? Like, whoa, whoa, I thought we were cool. I had you laughing a minute ago. We're out of balance. Let me hear him and Pastor Eddie. We're out of balance when we talk more about politics to our lost loved ones than we do about Jesus. Talk politics, but if they're lost, now if you want to build a bridge, you may want to comment on a relationship or, or on a conversation, make a comment. To, to get on that common ground, but your ultimate goal is to get them to know Jesus, man. Once they get into reading this word, it's amazing how it begins to... You, at least Strobel is one of the guys that had a, a transformation in his whole views of life because of the word of God. And that's what will happen to all of us. Let me end with one scripture as we stand. Proverbs 12 says it best. 
Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. I want to stand before God and make sure that nothing's going to get burned up and I'm going to lose everything. Well, these are three of the most important things I, could, I can emphasize. I could preach an hour on any of them. Go home, write them down, write them down, go home, meditate on them, pray about them. It's okay to have to be passionate about certain things in life, but let's, let's keep the main thing the main thing. Amen? Eternity matters. And when we begin to live our life like this, you begin to see how God works in our life. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for this time. Just pray your blessing on your people today, God, as we leave and go home and go to our own places, Lord. I pray, God, that we would keep this message in mind, that we will follow you, Lord. We will learn, we will make an effort, every effort, to live a life of integrity, to forgive people who's hurt us, to give them to you, God. Just give them to you. Give us the grace to do that. Father, I pray, help us to be a church and a body that builds one another up not tears people down and Father I just pray that in Jesus name with your heads bowed today if you're in the church and you say Pastor Eddie I'm not really serving the Lord but I'd like to commit my life to Jesus today if that's you just lift your hand up I want to pray for you today pray for me today Pastor Eddie I need to get Jesus in my life today anybody here today anybody here today say pray for me today hallelujah amen Father I thank you for your presence here today Thank you, Father. And I just pray your blessing on our people today as we go home and in our own separate ways. I pray for the 1130 service, God, that it would be, Father, your anointing would settle into there just as it did here and is here. Father, that souls would get saved. Lord, people would be ministered to. We pray that, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me dismiss you, but like always, if you need prayer, if you need further prayer, come up to the altar. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.